Hello, and welcome to IRI Growth Insights, featuring IRI thought leaders, industry partners, and guests. For more than 40 years, IRI has been known for its invaluable data, but these podcasts delve into the insights the data reveal to fuel market disruption and market growth for those in the CPG, retail, healthcare, and media markets. I'm your host, Joan Driggs, coming to you from IRI's corporate headquarters in Chicago. Hello, and welcome to another episode of IRI Growth Insights. I'm happy to welcome back Korean Thomas, COO of Retail here at IRI, and I'm also pleased to introduce John Holtzapfel, Retail Executive and Leader of the IRI team serving one of our major retail partners. Today, we're talking about metrics that matter in retail, specifically how retailers and CPGs can measure performance as we lap the COVID-19-induced demand spike and that surge in home consumption that really started about a year ago in March 2020. As kind of a jumping off point for today's discussion, I want to provide a little bit of a recap of 2020. I know we all lived through the nightmare, um, but I just want to remind you that we went from a 2 to 3% demand growth in CPG retail to this explosion of 56% growth in mid-March of 2020. The panic grab of in retail came as a result of the World Health Organization announcement of a coronavirus-related outbreak in Wuhan, China in early January, followed by the CDC confirming the first U.S. case January 21st. By March 11th, who had declared the COVID-19 pandemic? Panic shopping ensued. It's been almost a year, but we all remember people hoarding toilet paper, the bare shelves, Retailers setting limits on purchases when there was a stock when when there was stock available. About the only upside during this period was the huge growth trajectory of e-commerce, which had been growing at a, at a really healthy rate of 22% through 2019. But with the onset of the pandemic, growth in e-com sales was above 80%. Incredible. So this is a lot of fast change. And we anticipate that as we make progress with the vaccine and regain our social mobility, the CPG retail industry won't be seeing the same levels of growth in 2021. We can see why the return to a competitive atmosphere will have retailers wanting to track their share. But why would it change? And Karina, I'm going to start with you. What specifically are the metrics that matter in 2021? Why are we talking about this today? It's interesting. At the start of the year, I started to get some interest from a few clients. Uh, as an example, a client, a smaller retail client on the East Coast uh, that was um, getting our market share service uh, delivered monthly. So they would get an update every month on, on their performance versus the competitive market. And the president, president and CEO in a meeting asked for a weekly read. And uh, I asked him why, and he said, well, we're going to be lapping COVID, and we know our growth rate's going to be negative, so how do I know how well I'm doing and performing? Because everyone's going to have a negative growth rate in those weeks last year where we were up 50%, 60%. And then another client, much larger client, who's already getting a, a, a weekly market read, started to ask me whether I could deliver that weekly market read earlier three to four days from the end of other week versus six to eight. 
And so I said, well, let me check with my, with my colleagues where this is going on. And we got on a team call and surprise, surprise, John's clients asking the same question. You know, other clients are asking the same question. And that's when, you know, this hit me. Wow. You know, the metrics that matter this year could be quite different than the metrics that mattered in the past. No, I think a lot of, uh, you know, what really got Karina and I engaged in this conversation was the, the, the team meeting that he had where he raised the example he had talked about. And he asked if any other clients are facing, you know, the same challenges. I think the irony of this is that market share has been around forever, right? Clients have always used market share as a measure to understand their performance versus the market. But inside a client's four walls, it was a sleepy, almost boring metric, right? Maybe they used it on a monthly basis to understand their performance, primarily on a quarterly basis. But as Korean talked about, as the market started to lap the panic buy of 2020, the only true metric of performance when everyone is essentially going to be facing the same headwinds is around market share. Uh, my client, you know, kind of was, was providing the same questions that, that were being asked to Korean. I mean, we went from, from receiving a question or two on market share on a monthly basis to, to, to getting 15, 20 questions on market share every single day. It's completely changed the dynamic and, and our ways of working with our clients. Um, and as a result of that, you know, uh, it, it, you know, it's one of those areas that we've completely refocused on. And I've created a whole separate initiative in working with our client to help them understand how to interpret these results on a, on a weekly basis. Okay. So there's growing interest in market share where they really, you know, it had been sporadic before. Um, and that's like one new big key performance indicator. But let's figure out, like, let's talk about some of the more traditional metrics of performance, you know, used by retailers and CPGs up until now. What does that look like? Yeah, I would say the traditionally one of the dominant metrics used by retailers in particular was uh, comparable uh, sales store sa- comparable store sales growth or same store sales growth. So for a base of stores that were in existence and operated for that full prior year, what was the growth in sales, right? And that was a metric of growth. And many retailers have talked about year over year, quarter over quarter. Comp sales, uh, comp store sales growth, and uh, as the metric, and and they benchmark that versus the competition. Um, but that was often the dominant, as John said, market share existed in retail, used in some areas, and you know by some folks, but it was a little bit more of a sleepy measure. Now CPGs, on the other hand, have thought about market share more, you know, much more because. At even the same retailer, they're competing for shelf space and, and, and consumers with other brands. And so, you know, how much share of, the, of, the, of that retailer's uh, sales that I capture, share of wallet, things like that. Now, what makes us even, so those are, those are the traditional metrics. Now, what beyond COVID, what's also accelerating is, is this omni-channel phenomenon, right? So now... As a, you know, traditionally as a consumer, I'll take 20, 30, 40 years back, I typically drove to my store and I had a store that was close to me. I liked the assortment there and that's where I went for the most part, right? I may, it's a little harder for me to drive, you know, don't frequently drive as much to a, another store. But now you can 
click online and place an order and have any product from any brand anywhere in the country, maybe anywhere in the world, delivered to your doorstep in 48 hours. Now the benchmark of growth is very, very different, right? Um, that's, we think, another real impetus for looking at other metrics uh, versus the traditional. I would agree with a lot of the comments that Korean made. I, you know, I think that, um, uh, you know, when you think about traditional retail metrics, they were primarily around what's happening inside their four walls. You know, you so, I mean, the, the idea of like ID store sales growth, for example, cost of goods, product profit margin, supply chain inventory. Uh, and for some of the more advanced retailers, the customer loyalty data, you know, households, trips, baskets. Um, once again, what's happening inside my four walls? Um, you know, as Korean talked about, or as Korean and I both talked about, uh, you know, the pandemic you know, changed that, right? Because it became more important to to understand performance, you know, in a post um, uh, um, like panic buy uh, time period. And then the introduction, the explosion of omni-channel was a whole nother element that, uh, uh, that, that created a challenge. I mean, when everyone is growing at, at unprecedented rates and then you have a new channel emerging, how do you truly start to think about what success looks like and how you're performing and how you start to work and collaborate with CPGs, right? I think it's the kind of the combination of all of these factors is what is the reason now that market shares is gaining a a, um, a more important or, or a seat at the table with some of those traditional metrics. Okay, but market share, you know, again, been around forever, but there's a couple different sides to it. You know, you can talk about the benefits, you can talk about the watchouts, you know, are people as aware of that in this omni-channel world? Um, help us understand what that looks like. Well, I, I, so I think you got to start with like the core benefit of market share and kind of what this is, right? And and you know, we talked about this up front. I probably already said it, right? But it helps a retailer understand their performance versus a competitive market, primarily within their view of the world from a product and from a geography um, perspective. Um, you know, and, but but if you're only looking at your sales from your with inside your own four walls, you could be missing opportunities for growth that you never knew existed. So you know, for example. Um, a lot of retailers will take a look at internal sales data and they'll see, you know, a category, bag snacks, for example, right? They're increasing sales year over year. And, uh, and so, you know, they have a reason to celebrate that that's, you know, performance is strong. Um, typically, or I should say, like historically, a lot of retailers would kind of take that and they push that to the side and go look for another um, category to focus on. Uh, the reality is by putting that next to uh, the performance in the market, you can start to understand or identify opportunities for growth based on where a, a category that is showing strong growth is actually underperforming versus the market um, or a category that's actually growing sales is losing market share. Uh, in retail with my client, we call it the blind spot. These are categories that, that retailers never even knew where opportunities existed. Uh, I will tell you some of the largest opportunities uh, that we have unsurfaced from my retail client have been around these blind, blind spot categories, categories that they had watched grow for month over month over month uh, without ever understanding that they were actually losing share in the market because the retailers were doing something different around price, promotion, assortment, or distribution. Um, so what are the watchouts? You know, first off, market share is a pretty simple metric because by definition, it is simply a numerator, which is the retailer sales and the denominator, which is the marketplace. And as one of those changes, market share increases or it decreases. 
Um, and historically, retailers and monitored market share on a rolling, we'll say monthly, quarterly, or annually basis, which provided very st- stable and trendable results. Um, but as we had talked about early, more and more retailers are starting to think about market share on a weekly basis, which aligns more closely with how they think about managing their business. Uh, one week market share introduces more volatility to this really simple metric um, compared to the longer time periods, uh, primarily due to the idea that, that on a one week basis, you have to start trending holidays and promotional periods that may not line up versus year ago. Look, the easiest example Right. Is Tom Brady's, uh, you know, triumphant seventh Super Bowl, uh, the Super Bowl in 2020 uh, finished on February 2nd or was played on February 2nd. Uh, this year's Super Bowl was was played on February 7th, uh, year over year, not a trendable week. And so if a retailer, for example, puts a lot of emphasis on that Super Bowl week, they could be comparing this week's sales or last year's sales versus a week that does not correspond and see very misleading results. And as a result of that, what can happen a lot of times is just by simply not being educated on these nuances. You know, you can put uh, a lot of resources on an organization to tackle a problem that's not even driven by business factors. It's just a misalignment in the calendar. So you actually want to track the trend rather than like the snapshot. Okay. So what trends are you seeing with some of those more data-driven retailers and how they're using market data to not only explain, you know, some of those market share changes, but more importantly, I think to identify those opportunities um, to grow market share. Well, I think one of the big things that we see with a lot, what I would say is a lot of the best in class retailers around market data is they don't necessarily just use market data to understand or to size their performance or to measure their share. They're actually going a layer below that and identifying what are the factors that are providing opportunities for growth or, or barriers to growth. Uh, and typically, you start thinking about price, you start thinking about promotion, um, and then you start thinking about uh, distribution or assortment you know, opportunities uh, specifically. Um, you know, I, I think you know, the most data-driven organizations have the ability to not just necessarily understand these different drivers, but they're creating business practices around these. They're actually standardizing templates and business rules that will allow for their organization to start decomposing changes in market share by price, promotion, assortment um, at scale. And so they are able to very quickly, you know, on a weekly or a monthly basis, you know, identify these opportunities. Now, what I would say is, is even within the best in class, we're seeing the most innovative retailers actually start to take these business rules and embed them into their technology so that they can automate the, the actual insight process. And going from an actual person, you know, kind of flipping through a PowerPoint or an Excel sheet to actually having a machine identify what the insight is. Uh, prioritize or quantify that opportunity and then prioritize that. So this week, they know very specifically market share was down X points. And these five UPCs provide the greatest opportunity to help reverse that trend due to changes in price, promotion, or assortment based on what's happening versus rest of market. Right. Well, and I would say truly like augmented decision-making, that can be its own podcast. <laughs> so, but, and it is, it's super fascinating, but I want to bring it back to this. I'm going to bring it back to this, you know, market metrics and stuff. And we talked earlier about the growth that e-commerce experienced during the pandemic. Um, and it's pretty likely that that's going to soften, you know, a little bit, just like everything else, but it's still going to continue with strong growth. 
And I also think that there's going to be a lot of differences among other channels um, and what market share measurement looks like between channels. So, Korean, how can brick and mortar retailers compete in this new world? Like what metrics matter moving forward? Yeah. So similar to our discussion on market share, which in a traditional sense has been in the brick and mortar channel, we now are helping a lot of our clients, both retailers and CPGs, understand their performance via market share and other metrics in an omni-channel world or in the e-commerce world. So e-commerce being just the online sales and omni-channel as we define it being e-commerce, in-store, other channels that may not be tracked today. And even as we are thinking about it, expanding potentially into consumption in the restaurant space. So you have a view of total share of stomach, right? And so this is a newer area. Market share in omni-channel is a newer area. So the measurement metrics are not as robust. But IRI does have a service called the eMarket Insight Service uh, that, that helps us measure, through which we measure e-commerce sales and we combine it with our brick and mortar and other channels uh, for a total measurement of omni-channel sales and share. And it is the best-in-class service in the industry. Most of our retailers and our CPG clients subscribe to that. And John actually pioneered this service uh, uh, for us. So I'm going to have him maybe explain a little bit. It is pretty, uh, pretty compelling. Yeah, th- I'll tell you, this is probably one of the areas that I am most passionate about in this space. Um, and Several years ago, my retail client uh, came to me and they said, you know, and and their general hypothesis was that IRI uh, was doing a a great job of helping them understand their performance and the current definition of the market based on how we were collecting data. Um, But they wanted to understand what about all that white space that existed out there that wasn't part of this universe. And so as part of this process, um, you know, and, and, and really that white space actually, you know, uh, you know, there's two big like ideas in that white space and specifically around e-com that weren't being addressed. The first was, you know, it, you know, we're growing at, at, you know, 60, 70, 80, 90 percent. But the reality is the marketplace may be growing 150, 200 percent. So, like, how do we identify those opportunities out there in these new channels uh, that we're not necessarily aware of. And then the second piece is, especially around e-commerce, is that as we continue to build our e-commerce practice, are we truly, I mean, are we incrementally growing our business in both brick and mortar and in these e-commerce by fulfillment types, or are we just shifting our sales from one from one channel or one fulfillment, fulfillment type into a higher cost to serve? Um, and as Korean uh, kind of uh, talked about um, just a moment ago, uh, we partnered with our retail client to create a capability that took our traditional uh, multi-outlet or, or you know, uh, a POS channel and combined that with our e-market insights, our e-commerce channel, and, and, and really some other non-cooperating retailers or non-cooperating channels to create an expanded definition of the market that would give our retailer uh, a, a true understanding of their performance versus the entire marketplace. Um, and, and, and by doing that, it, it helped us address both of the questions that we had talked about up front. 
Um, as e-commerce was growing, they had an ability to understand how their e-commerce growth compared to the marketplace um, and, and where they were underperforming despite remarkably high growth rates. Uh, and then second, it helped them understand their performance by different fulfillment types. And so while their total business may be growing, it allowed for them to, to go a, you know, one level deeper within their, 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 their geography portfolios and understand how their, their market share was performing in traditional brick and mortar and how they were performing in the new e-commerce and those emerging fulfillment channels. Uh, we have the ability, because we built this inside their, their, their technology platform, um, that, that we partner with them on, we have the ability to help them uh, understand this in their view of the product universe and in their view of the geography universe, uh, which is which is very compelling. I think the other thing that's really interesting, and this is what Korean talked about, and it's around restaurant data, um, or, or you know, and uh, quick serve, limited serve, full serve restaurants, uh, and this has always been of interest to retailers, but it's never really been integrated at, at any type of scale into how they think about managing and monitoring their business. The pandemic changed that. Uh, as shelter-in-place um, started to become, uh, um, you know, implemented or executed across the country, um, you know, mobility decreased, restaurants closed, and, and, and retailers benefited from that demand. Um, but as shelter-in-place restrictions started to get lifted, mobility increases, restaurants start to open, there's real concern among retailers, the impact that that's going to have on their business. Uh, and so some of the more innovative retailers, I believe, are trying to find or are, are finding ways to integrate omni-channel or on-premise data into their omni-channel measurement universe to gain a true understanding of share of stomach. Uh, just another way that they're, that they're understanding their performance versus the expanded definition of the market. And I love that. I love the expanded definition of the market. I like that it includes like the product universe, the geography universe, um, that share of stomach. But what about the missing element? What about that shopper element? Um, you know, there are a lot of new buyers, a lot of new households out there. How how does that factor in here? Uh, just just building on just one quick comment, building on on John's point. I think the. Um, uh, the important thing to think about is as as retailers expand uh, as as modes of consumption either expand or opportunities for retailers to capture additional modes of consumption expand. I think the importance of as John was describing from in store to adding online to now restaurant, right? I think it is really important for retailers and the more innovative ones are thinking about how to understand the total size of price and how they are performing versus being as uh, the traditional lens has been what's happening in my four brick and mortar walls, right? But to your point about the shopper and the consumer, ultimately people buy products, right? It's great to have metrics on sales and share, but unless you really think about and manage and monitor and influence those shoppers that walk into your store or click online, to purchase, right, or any combination thereof, you're actually not growing the business in a sustainable way, right? So, and a lot of this is newer, newer territory, right? I think the airline industry, the banking industry, the the, the hospitality industry have done a great job of managing loyalty and managing, you know, their consumer base that way. Lots of retailers have loyalty programs, not many of them use it in a in a systematic way to manage loyalty and thus their 
their um you know the experience of their shoppers and the brand and the retention of their shoppers right and what we would say is you know the place to start is some very simple metrics right how many shoppers are walking to my store who are my most loyal by just how much they spend with me am i keeping them am i growing my share of their their wallet or their spend right um and that would be you know that in and of itself would be sufficient um to get started and john any other comments no i i would agree with you korean i i you know i think that market share kind of measures or market share measures the performance it's the results but how do you drive those results it's the, it's the customers that walk into your store um, and having data that helps you understand households trips basket size, um, I think has always been important, right? We talked about that during some of those traditional metrics of those, you know, measuring what happens inside your four walls. Um, and, and I think they're going to continue to be important going forward. Um, uh, you know, I, I think the other thing too is, 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 you know, utilizing science and analytics really to, to become very precise on how you segment those shoppers to understand who your most important shoppers are. Uh, how they are behaving inside your store, how you can uh, uh, utilize different types of media tactics to target them, to to build that loyalty. Uh, and then as you talked about, Korean, I think understanding how they behave um, outside of your store. Um, so things like share of wallet um, and leakage. Once again, really traditional metrics, um, but having the ability to, to to measure that and monitor that on an ongoing basis so that you can build retention and loyalty among the among those shoppers is going to be uh, important. And that actually is is kind of a great way or a great place to kind of wrap it up because what you're talking about is like some of the traditional things aren't going to go away. Um, but you keep expanding your view and you keep expanding the tools um, to help you capture that view and then know how to act, um, which is invaluable. So I want to just kind of close by recapping a couple of the other things that I that I heard today, and that is we can expect 2021 to be a really challenging year as we lap that unprecedented sales growth of 2020. Um, but retailers are willing to take the leap to hang on to the success from 2020, and so they're they're looking beyond the traditional brick and mortar. Um, they're looking at different measurements and different tools and different ways, um, again, that broader view of how their consumers are living their lives day to day, and maybe looking across other industries to see how they're capturing um, some of that valuable information and building their relationship with the shoppers. Um, it's important to view the landscape against the rest of the market. But even then, I think that there's, you know, be aware of those blind spots um, where high growth areas may show up as underperforming versus the rest of the market. And John, you recommended looking at trending data over a period of time because that smooths out the bumps um, caused by those more volatile weekly periods, um, which could include like those special occasions or you know, like a sporting event or a holiday. You also called out measurement in both terms of both size versus the market and performance versus the market. And I really like that notion of performance because it identifies the opportunities for growth as well as the barriers um, for growth. And finally, um, you know, you touched, of course, on the, the vast importance of an omni-channel view and 
move move out of the traditional brick and mortar and again and look at the entire marketplace. Um, so with that, I want to thank both of you. Um, I think that this is going to be an invaluable look for so many CPGs and retailers to find out really what are you trying to get at at the end of the day. So thanks both. Thank you very much, John. And fun. Thank you, Jim. Thank you for listening. Please become a subscriber and let us know what you want to learn more about. We'll serve it up in a future IRI Growth Insights episode. Look for us wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to review IRI Growth Insights. Also, visit us on the web at iriworldwide.com and connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn.